and welcome to the fifth already uh, episode of the very unofficial AICP Study Guide Podcast. I'm Jonathan Miller. Thanks so much for joining. And now that we are all set with what to expect and studying, etc., 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 it's time to get into some of the nitty gritty. That said, we won't jump in headfirst. Instead, we'll do a little toe dip and get a topic out of the way that you'll absolutely need to know and can pretty much be covered in one short episode. The history of the American Planning Association, better known as the APA. I know, I know, super exciting stuff today, but bear with me though because there's a really good chance that you'll get at least one question on this. So let's start out by turning back the clock to, oh, I don't know, May 21st and 22nd of 1909 in Washington, D.C. Sound specific? Absolutely. That's because that would be the date of the very first national conference on city planning and congestion. That's people, not traffic. Anyways, the conference was organized by a gentleman named Benjamin Marsh, and we'll talk more about him in future episodes for his book, An Introduction to City Planning, Democracy's Challenge, and the American City. But for now, at least, we're only concerned with the fact that he organized the first national conference on city planning and congestion. That was in Washington, D.C. on May 21st and 22nd in 1909. National conferences on city planning were held every year thereafter, but there still wasn't a centralized organization for planners, and some of the planners back then knew it. Fast forward to May 7th, 8th, and 9th of 1917 at the 9th National Conference on City Planning, which was held in Kansas City. Knowing a little something extra was missing, the planners there decided to form the American City Planning Institute, or ACPI, with none other than our favorite historic landscape architect, co-creator of New York Central Park, landscape architect to the 1893 Columbian Exposition, better known as the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, Frederick Law Olmsted as the very first president of the American City Planning Institute. From here, the professional organization evolved, developed, and progressed. It held conferences every year, by the way, and I'm not going to list all of those, nor do I think you need to know all of them. Anyways, the American City Planning Institute, in conjunction with the National Conferences on City Planning, in 1925 published the first issue on city planning. That was the name of the publication, by the way, City Planning. This publication is relatively important because it's essentially the predecessor to the Journal of the American Planning Association that I slash we get quarterly. Fast forward now another nine years to 1934, where the American Society of Planning Officials, or ASPO, was founded for planners, planning commissioners, and planning-related public officials. An easy way to remember that the ASPO was the second organization name and not the first is that there really weren't that many planning officials around in the earliest days to constitute an entire organization. Obviously, the city planning profession had to grow to a point where there were enough, quote, planning officials, unquote, to even create an organization. Now, here's where it starts to get tricky. 
the ACPI, American City Planning Institute, and ASPO, American Society of Planning Officials, are actually two separate organizations at this point in time. And remember, we are still in 1934. Moving up another five years, we get to 1939, where the American City Planning Institute, that's ACPI, reorganizes and changes its name, you know, just to confuse things, to the American Institute of Planners, or AIP. So to recap, the two names with institute in it are related, with the Society of Planning Officials still operating separately. Basically, the ACPI dropped the C and flipped the PI. In 1939, though, when the ACPI changed its name to AIP, they also formally defined their role, and they define that as, quote, the planning of the unified development or urban communities and their environs and of states, regions, and the nation as expressed through determination of the comprehensive arrangement of land uses and land occupancy and the regulation thereof, unquote, which, yes, sums it up nicely. Now, we enter a lull. The next few decades are characterized by, frankly, not much. In terms of the history of the APA, that is. Don't extrapolate that. A lot actually happened in planning, but, you know, not within the organization, and we aren't on those topics yet. So 1967 rolls around, and the American Institute of Planners, AIP, decide to amend their formal definition that they had came up with. This amendment, known as the Wetmore Amendment, attempted to be more inclusive of the organization by doing away with the whole bit about the comprehensive arrangement of land uses and land occupancy and the regulation thereof. Doing so effectively welcomed in the social and physical planners who were otherwise overlooked with the original definition. So a few years later, in 1971, the American Institute of Planners, that's AIP, adopts a code of ethics for us professional planners. Apparently, the ASPO is pretty quiet during these times. The AIP, American Institute of Planners, also begins administering exams for membership in 1977. And then, in 1978, the American Institute of Planners, AIP, and the ASPO, that's American Society of Planning Officials, come together to become one giant super mega planning organization that we now know collectively as the American Planning Association, or APA. That happened in 1978. They merged in 1978. So this new mega planning organization called the APA was, quote, organized exclusively for charitable, educational, literary, and scientific purposes to advance the art and science of planning and the activity of planning, physical, economic, and social, at the local, regional, state, and national levels. Unquote. This new mega planning organization also, within its merging, founded the AICP certification. So now we're cooking under one big organization. 
1980, the APA establishes the Associated Collegiate Schools of Planning in order to represent academia in the planning profession. And they published their first issue of the Journal of Education and Planning Research in 1981. In 1989, the Planning Accreditation Board, or PAB, becomes the only agency who can accredit colleges and universities in planning. And finally, in 1999, the AICP creates the College of Fellows in order to recognize the long-tenured and accomplished AICP members. That's when you see the F-AICP instead of just the AICP after someone's name. And that's the quick rundown of how the APA came to be. 1909, first planning conference in D.C., 1917, American City Planners Institute founded at the conference in Kansas City, and Olmsted was the first president. 1934, American Society of Planning Officials was founded. 1939, American City Planners Institute changes their name to American Institute of Planners. 1971, the American Institute of Planners adopted the Code of Ethics. And in 1978, the American Institute of Planners and the American Society of Planning Officials merge into the American Planning Association with the American Institute of Certified Planners as the official certification. In 1999, the College of Fellows is added to the AICP, and that's about it in a nutshell. Well, thanks again for tuning in and sticking with me through one of the less exciting topics. As always, all of the links for the references can be found in the show notes. And now that we are getting into the material, I want to give you a question to mull over after each episode, you know, to see if you are paying attention at all. So, riddle me this. What two organizations combined to form the APA as we know it, and what year did they combine in? Think about it, listen to the episode again if you have to, and tune in next episode to hear the answer. If you have any questions that you want to follow up on, feel free to reach out to me at the very unofficial AICP guide at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can follow along with future episodes, help prepare for the exam, and supplement your other study regimens and all that jazz. Make sure you tune in next week as we'll cover some colonial planning like Philly and Savannah. Sounds super cool, so don't miss it. Thanks again. Until next time.